welcome to the Misfits for Jesus radio ministry and podcast. Barry, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, it's kind of weird, Barry. We don't really exactly have a full studio tonight. I know. It's kind of strange. Echoey. <laughs> yeah, look to my left. Who is Did you see her over there? I do. You see her? <laughs> Hello? Put your right hand up and state your name. Hi. <laughs> okay. Hi. State your name. Kathy Kuhlmeyer. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm special. How are you? <laughs> the crowd already likes you. Yeah. So we've been trying to have Kathy in for a while, right? We have. And then we heard Barry the other day. She goes, well, I was on somebody else's podcast. So I'm what? Like, really? Okay, we got to have her in. What? So it's bright and early Sunday morning, and you didn't bring any coffee with you. Good or thing. Or donuts. Good thing, because I don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh, man. We have to make our own. They don't like that, dude. Right. <laughs> so how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? So it was cool. Last week, we had the privilege to come to your house and got to hang out a little bit got a great dinner barry got to bless her home which Ooh. i felt was already blessed right and you, know, you kind of just sensed but we got to pray over your home and spend some time with katrina and lynn and kathy and, there's <laughs> katrina right there. and Fen- finley the dog and theodore the dog uh-huh so houseful but we were talking about how you came to misfits and it seemed do you remember what month barry you know how long it's been i do not give me a guess uh, has it been a year? No, but that's what we were saying. It seems like a year or two, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, it seems like it's been a while. It's been something like late August or September. Really? Just August. Wow. Obviously, like I didn't months. guess that, right? Me neither. Six months. Wow. So anyway, you want to start there, or where do you want to do? Let's talk about more of what God has done in my life rather than the last six months, because okay. it's been three years. This last chapter of my life is one I'm sure plenty of people can relate to. I thought I had my happily ever after on my second try at marriage. I had married a handsome, honest, loving man who loved me, his family, and loved my kids as his own. We'd made it through 15 years of marriage with seven blended kids between us without any cracks in our foundation, or at least I thought so. We weren't perfect by any means, but I was his third wife, and his first two marriages hadn't even made it three years. So I thought we were solid, and so did everyone else in our life. Little did I know what was coming. He had been outside cutting grass, and I was inside doing laundry. His phone pinged, and I checked it, and I was expecting it to be one of the kids. It wasn't ever a big deal to look at each other's phones. And with that one text, my life changed forever. It was a woman who I had no idea who she was, telling my husband her dog had just died and she could really use his hugs and kisses and oh how much she really loved him i was shattered just like that something told me to take a screenshot of that message and hang on to it when he came in the house he could tell something was wrong with me as tears streamed down my face i confronted him about her text and he claimed she was just a friend from work and that's when the man i had was head over heels in love with became became someone I no longer knew. I asked him why he thought it was okay for his mouth to be on any part of another woman. He said he would just kiss her on her forehead and she was just a friend. I told him she sounds like way more than a friend if she says all of that and I told him I wasn't okay with any of it and I wanted him to stop. He said he would and foolishly I believed him. I prayed to God to get us through this. We were both believers so surely he would see us through this. Fast forward three weeks. I was at work, and my God-given spidey sense kicked in. Spidey sense. Spidey sense. Don't you have that? I don't think I do, but I want You should check on it. Okay. Uh, My woman's intuition was firing on all cylinders, and I felt led to leave work and go home. 
I pulled into our driveway and there sat his truck. However, that didn't set me off, off any alarms to me because he would sometimes come home and take a nap on break. But what did cause concern was that the house alarm was set and he never did that. I walked into the house. It was a split floor plan and our bedroom was right there, but it was empty. I went into the living room and he wasn't there either. Just as I'm rounding the corner to the other bedrooms, I hear scrambling and there he was jumping up naked trying to slam the bedroom door in my face while a naked woman is diving for the floor grabbing for her clothes. I lost every ounce of Jesus that was in me at that moment and was ready to cause bodily harm to both of them. I was outraged and hurt. He tells me to let her leave and he's trying to hand her the keys to our truck while I'm trying to push through him to go after this woman. I said she can walk back to wherever she came from, and if he gave her the keys to our truck, I would report it stolen. He becomes forceful with me so she can escape before I can get hands on her. A lot of ugliness went down for all involved on that day, but I'll spare the details of that. Again, I asked God, how could this have happened, and to please help us out of it? But he wasn't answering, or maybe I just wasn't hearing well. Later that day, he's asking my for forgiveness and begging to stay. I told him I thought maybe if he stayed in another room it would be okay, but I wasn't ready to talk to him or see him. The next day, however, I expected him to spill it or he had no place here any longer. I was trying to be brave. He talked and I listened and we decided to try and work on things and he promised to stop all contact with her. Time is going by now, but I just couldn't shake the feeling something was still up. Looking back, again, that was my spidey sense and my, my senses were heightened. I started searching our phone bill and figured out her phone number easily enough by how often it showed up on our phone bill and learned that they had been texting for several months. I found her in Facebook and learned she was married with younger children. I discovered I was really a pretty good detective if I had to be. That screenshot I had taken weeks before came back to mind and I found her husband and sent it to him and said we had a mutual problem. He eventually got back to me and we started comparing notes and he had seen a difference in her too but couldn't figure out what what it was their divorce is still in the works but that's not my story to tell my husband continued to have slip-ups like coming home from work and his wedding ring wasn't on or i'd see more text from her saying good morning sexy or i just plain catch him in a lie god let those things happen even though it hurt me just so i could see he was working in the details we tried counseling and he gave up after three sessions because he felt he was being picked on I talked to the pastor at our church because I didn't feel like my prayers were being answered or maybe I was just praying wrong and I wanted my marriage to work and for this man to choose me over his mistress. So how could not God not answer those prayers? I took my wedding vows seriously. I had to have been doing something wrong for God not to be fixing this. He and I would have words and he eventually became physically abusive to me, but yet I loved him. I know, dumb girl me should have headed for the hills looking back on this, but I loved him so much. Surely he would see what he was doing and everyone he was hurting and turn back to the man that I knew. Eventually we separated in September of 2019 so he could think and he moved into his mom's. Maybe some space between us would help. I prayed all the more for this to be fixed, but that still wasn't God's plans. I joined a faith-based women mentoring group to try and get my head together because I was sinking fast. The daily devos felt like they were speaking right into me, and I didn't realize it then, but seeds of courage were being planted in me. You had been a believer for a long time. 
True. But this is really causing you to really press into the Lord for maybe for the first time in a while? Is that what? Um, is that accurate? I think it was just deepening. Okay. Deepening my need for something that I could hold on to. Okay. We had actually been um, gone to the same church for years, raised our kids there, and uh, we were over the greeters, mm -hmm. and it became an embarrassment to me to go into church without him because he quit going once we separated and people hmm. would because we're at the front doors and everyone would say well where is he at okay and i would have to say i don't know and so because of that then i quit going and right hmm. at that time that was when um COVID hit mm -hmm. so everything switched to online okay not a lot of fun no it's tough tough season it gets better. Hang in for the good stuff. It does right. get better. He and I still talk daily and saw each other regularly, but he still wasn't coming home to me. And then our time together began to dwindle. I was giving up more and more and blaming myself. What was I doing wrong that he wasn't choosing me? After all these years of marriage, how could he not? My God-given spidey sense kicked in again, and this time it went into overdrive. Mm, is this a God moment? Yeah. So I would be drawn to go to a specific place that I had no idea where I was going, but I was trusting God, and I would end up somewhere and find him with her, sometimes in a park, maybe a bar parking lot or wherever. I just felt drawn to somewhere, and there they'd be. No, didn't have a tracker on his car or an app on his phone. God was leading me somewhere so I could see for myself what was really going on during our separation. I'm a Missouri girl, so you have to show me. It was the weirdest thing to find them like that, but just being led by trusting God to show me his truth because I knew I couldn't trust my husband's words anymore as the truth. I became so withdrawn from life, I didn't get out of the house, didn't hardly eat, had a hard time focusing on anything, quit going to church because I was embarrassed when I'd be asked where my husband was. I was so consumed by thoughts of them and what they were doing while I sat at home not living. I was just giving up and I cried all the time. God was still working, however. It just wasn't how what I thought it was supposed to be. Hmm. When COVID hit, I started working from home full-time. I asked God to remove me from this situation since the marriage was spiraling farther out of control and I was worried at this point about my mental health. I had nothing keeping me in the area aside from waiting COVID out for my job so that we could return to the office because we had started working from home as soon as COVID actually began. My daughter was married and living out of state. My son was in college three hours away. He and I had no kids together, and he had told his family I was cheating on him, ironically. So they all turned their back on me, even though I was the mom who had raised his five kids and stuck by his side no matter what. Family ties in that bunch run deep. They wouldn't hear a word I had to say, and they turned their backs on me like they had never known me. I asked myself, what am I doing here? I didn't have a support system close by as I was walking through the darkest time of my life, so I prayed, okay, God, show me what you want me to do. I'm yours. I can't do this anymore. I surely can't do this on my own. So please just open the doors you want me to go through, and I'm doing it. I applied for jobs back in my old hometown. Interviews weren't coming, and I thought God was saying stay put and keep waiting for him to get his head together. Nope, that wasn't what God was saying at all. My employer made the decision we would remain 100% remote and could live wherever. Finally thought God is working, and I see it. My prayers changed from God, please help me fix my marriage to please change me. Give me the strength to do hard things and to feel worthy again because I am your daughter. My mentoring group was helping me find my worth and my courage again, and I started feeling a little bit of strength growing somewhere inside me. 
fast forward now to Valentine's Day 2021, and I, he and I had actually planned to spend the day together. Except he called and said something came up and he couldn't make it. I got brave, put my big girl panties on, and responded to him, no, someone came up, not something, and she was the priority, not me yet again. I had finally had enough and was tired of being second in my own marriage behind her. Next thing I know, I'm blurting out, I was filing for divorce and I felt this instant relief. It was peaceful. He told me I'd never do that or give up on him and leave, and he didn't think I could make it without him. Mind you, at this point, we'd been separated 18 months, and I hadn't ever been his first choice and was forced to make it on my own, so I knew I could. Once I make up my mind to do something or I'm told I can't do something on my own, stand back. The wheels are in motion, and I'm on a mission. (laughs) Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And game on, dude. I had made up my mind I was done, and I was going to just let the husband's head explode. The next day, I had an appointment with an attorney. I filed for divorce. The following day, I met with a realtor to list the house. The next day, the house went under contract, and 30 days later, I was moving across the state. Wow. At that time, I didn't know where I was going because it all happened so fast. But here's how my God works. Everyone else on the planet may think that they have the best friend in the world, but that privilege is mine, hands down. Sorry, Barry. <laughs> yeah, Dang. it's not you, Ben. No, man. That's why I'm mean. This is my sister from another mister. She and her family welcomed me and my three dogs into her home until I could find a place to call my own. God was working overtime for me in that hot mess, but he still wasn't done. I'd walk my three dogs every morning. We're getting the look from Jack. We have to take a break, and we're just about getting to the good stuff. So we will be right back on the other side of the break. Lang Insurance is your local, trusted, independent insurance agency for 40 years and growing. Steve Lang says, I dare you to compare your current home and auto insurance policy to our top 10 insurance companies. Most of the time, we will save you money, sometimes thousands. Either way, you will know that you have the best policy at the best price. Lang Insurance, someone local you can trust for a free, no obligation insurance quote on home auto business life and health call 636-229-7000 636-229-7000 or go to langinsurance.com 24-7 dare to compare lang insurance Rev it up and head on out to the third annual Misfits for Jesus Car, Bike, and Truck Show. It's at 1000 Warrington Outlet Center, Sunday, May 22nd. A great family fun day with live music, free activities for the kids, 24 classes with awards, and food and beverages available. Registration at 8 a.m. or pre-register online at MisfitsForJesus.com. Judging 10 a.m. till noon and awards start at 1. For more info, MisfitsForJesus.com. Okay, we're back. Now you're walking the three dogs. I am walking the three dogs every morning, and God and I would just have long talks, and I'd pray specific things like, so what happens next? Please help me to truly make it on my own. Please deliver me to the right church because I needed a place where I felt at home and would have people to become a family to me. I'd been gone from the area for 25 years and knew virtually no one anymore across the state from where I lived. 
The housing market was brutal because of COVID, and it was hard to find somewhere to live. God brought me to a town about 30 minutes away from my best friend, and I didn't want to be there. And I kept telling God, no, not there. It's too far from anyone I did actually know. But this town had a hole in the ground where a home could be built, and I actually won a bid. I didn't know a soul in this town, but God was showing off again for me because on those morning walks when I'd asked him to bring me to the right church, well, he was answering. He brought me to the exact church and family he knew I needed to be in, and I knew it the first time I walked in. That's why I ended up in this little town with the hole in the ground that I didn't want to be in because it, he, it was his plans, not mine, and I'm the happiest I've been in what feels like a really long time. The people in that church welcomed me the minute I walked in, and I and it took time away to pray over me my very first day to heal my spirit, and it was working. When I closed on the house, there was an error in reporting of the assessed taxes, and I had just lost my overtime, so now I'm making less money and my house payment was higher, and I'm in panic mode being new, newly single and trying to afford life on my own, and I asked God, why did this one happen, and what are we going to do about it? He is such a loving father. He put in my head to apply for jobs outside my company to see what's out there, but to keep trusting him. I thought, really, God? I like my current company. Why are we doing this one? Well, because he said it wasn't time yet, and be patient. I've heard him clearly all along through this process to be patient in the process. What he meant was the time's not right for a new job. A few weeks ago, an opening actually came up within my company, and that's what he wanted me to wait for. Uh, it was a job I had wanted before, but the timing was never right. I got the job, I got a raise, and again, he was working in the details. I've become so trusting in God, and I'm <laughs> not afraid to ask him to keep blessing me. My latest prayer is that maybe God would bless me with a man who actually chooses me, a man who God loves as much as I, I love him, and could he, this guy check all the boxes? Because if it's meant to be for someone to be in my life, I'm going to be picky, and I'm not settling on second ever again, and God knows the desires of my heart. It's been three years now since my world turned upside down, and I've worked super hard at becoming the best version of me again, and I'm ready to dip my toes in the water and cautiously proceed with putting myself back out there to see what God has in store for me next. Because somewhere out there, there is the man God has chosen specifically for me. I now feel led to help other women going through a similar situation like I've been through. I just have to trust in God again to work out the details for this one. The moral of my story is that we may feel life isn't working out how we wanted or expected it to be, but he takes us down roads to low places, only to bring us out of the valleys and stand up high on a hill so we can look out and see where we've come from and that God has walked us through every last detail on the other side of it, and to always remind us to keep our heads up, charging forward for a more of a big, full life. I've learned to step out of his way, be patient in the process, have faith to move a mountain, and let God do his thing. I know his plans for me aren't finished yet, and I just need to ask him and not to try and for help and not to try and forge my own way. My life verse appropriately is Jeremiah 29:11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. <laughs> they like that there. Yes. And that town is Warrenton, Missouri, and the church is Misfits for Jesus. Woo! In case you didn't know. Yeah, in case right? you didn't know, right. But there's an untold part of that story that you saw somebody in Rural King. True story. That letter here. Oh, yeah. Share that with us because that's good. 
So my son and I were driving through the parking lot, heading to see what a rural king was. <laughs> so we are walking through the rural king, and we saw uh, a family from the church that had on Misfits for Jesus shirts. No kidding. Uh, Guess Witness wear working, right? It's the crew. The crew? The young guys? Yeah. No kidding. So you saw with Zach and Jenny, and then you saw there ben, three boys, yeah. Elijah, Josiah, and Bella. They were all there? The whole clan. The whole, because they all go everywhere. Yeah. The They're whole like a little clan. herd. <laughs> and they are the That's sweetest awesome. family. Yeah. That's great. Where would we be without them? Yeah, no kidding. So the witness where it really worked. Yep. Not to mention their behavior and just who they are. There's a whole teaching in that. People are watching all the time. You say it all the time. People are watching. Mm -hmm. And if they'd have been some real Hilligans, you'd have said, no way. Right. But you see this awesome family, and you're like, I think I want to try that out. So in your story, there were so many <clears throat> teaching things in there when you were going through those. One of the first ones you said was, trust God. Let him lead you where he wanted to lead you. How about the blessing part when you said, when he said, when you said wait? I think a lot of times people get ahead of God, like he's getting all this set up, and then we step in the way and wreck it, but you waited, and then you got the answers that you wanted to, just by waiting and waiting and waiting. I would imagine when you were going through that, that would have been a little hard to do, because you were wanting things to happen. Let's go. We say that all the time. Let's go, God. Let's go. What do you, what do you have for us? And sometimes it's just, just be patient. I'm, I'm working things out. I think sometimes that's the hardest part, is just let God be God. We say it all the time in recovery. Like, you're saying maybe God's going to send a good man your way. And he probably will. But you have to wait. You don't want to take the first one that comes along just because of the circumstances and things. And a lot of people do that, too. They get, and it's like, that wasn't from God. That was just somebody passing by. Patience is a virtue, right? That it is. Not always an easy one, but we do. No, no, no it's, it's rarely easy. <laughs> always waiting. Waiting. Mm-hmm. So now, I think the first extra thing that you did, or one of the first things, because you hit the ground running here, you started serving immediately. I did. One of the first things you did, <laughs> now this is where we discovered she's very crafty. Oh, yeah? Because we did the uh, the Christmas decoration thing, the Winter Wonderland. Was that one of the first things? We did the gala. The gala, hello. Oh, you, oh that's that, right. You did yeah. hit the ground running, because yeah. that was right after. That must have literally been a week what, or like two, a, yeah. right? Just pretty quickly. A month or so? Yeah. Pretty quickly. When was the gala? Wow. It's about a month. But still, wow, that's great. And now she's... It's kind of fun, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> I like to be involved. Yeah, I it's, love it. It's good for my mind. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Barry, last week, Katrina got a nose ring. Oh, yeah? And it was discussed at dinner, and the two of them... Kathy went and chaperoned Katrina to make sure there wasn't any other piercings going on or tattoos. Unbeknownst to Katrina, we, you know, Kathy is reporting back. Yeah, she's got the nose. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, everything's fine. But you two hung out. That was kind of cool. We did. And she didn't talk you into getting a tattoo while you were there. She did not. She tried. She, she tried. Did. She yeah. did try. Is that going to happen? So come on. There's just nothing at this point that I feel is completely necessary. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, take it under advisement. Okay. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you hang around Katrina, you're probably going to end up getting some ink. Yeah. You just never know. Just never know, do you? Wow. Just <laughs> never know. So, you know, without, I don't even know if we have, would have time. Years ago, um, like talking 
back 20, 30 years ago in high school, there was a pretty big deal that you went through. And I have looked into that, and I still don't know really what was going on. It was so complicated, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yes? That is true. Can we talk about that? Well, of course we okay, can. Okay, we didn't know if that was something. We have, and we might be able to come if we, what happened in a nutshell? Because we're running out of time. The Reader's Digest version. Yes. Uh, I was on a newspaper staff at Hazelwood East, okay. 1983. And we produced articles for the paper that were about teen problems. Pregnancy, divorce, marriage, runaways. Brand new school principal didn't think it was appropriate for the high school press. And he censored it. Wow. Well, they had taught us about um, prior restraint, which says that they do not essentially have the authority to do that. And we also learned about the Tinker Standard from 1969, which states students do not shed their rights at the schoolhouse gate. So we felt, felt pretty comfortable that we, we were in the right. Um, and so, long story short, when they censored it, we talked to our advisor, because during the middle of all this, our advisor left. He said, contact the ACLU. Sure. I didn't know who the ACLU was in high school, but I believed in my principal or my teacher. So we contacted them. They said they would like to talk to us. Went down, met with them. Um, they said they wanted to take the case. Wow. Became a media storm. It's um, <laughs> a big deal. Yeah, sounds like it. Appeared on Phil Donahue. Um, but every now is like, who? That's an old dude, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I always reference him as the Oprah of the 80s, uh -huh. but um, appeared on there, got threatened to be suspended or expelled because I didn't personally ask the principal's permission Wow. to be gone. Um, but I said, my mom said I could, so that should have been cool, right? Right. And as this is progressing, the ACLU hired an attorney for us that really didn't do her homework properly, and because of it, she lost the case for us. Oh, so it's landmark case in the country over freedom of the press. It's still a relevant issue today because schools are still being censored. And so it just continues. And it's my motion and life work now that I go out and I do um, public speaking to educate students on their rights. And I also am working with what's called the New Voices Act of USA to pass laws, essentially at state level, to wow. basically overturn the case's Supreme Court decision. Wow. And get rights reinstored to students um, at high school or collegiate level. It's a big deal. That is Go a big deal. Google. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, here's what we have. We normally we do right about now the 62nd gospel hot seat, but I'm going to narrow the scope a little bit. Super. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> well, like, <laughs> there's somebody out there, a woman in a marriage, struggling, and she thinks she's out of hope. Like I'm done. I'm toast. Put a fork in me. Uh, this is impossible. What would you tell that person? You have about 60 seconds. Okay, you got about 60, maybe 90 seconds. What would you tell that person that you, that listens to you and, they, and they, they're struggling right now? Don't give up on yourself and pray over it. Pray over everything. Ask God for direction to help you see the clarity of where you go and trust your instincts on things. Um, because you, no one belongs in a situation that is harmful to themselves. Um, do it for your own mental health. Be a role model if you have children going through something like that because they don't deserve to see that. Um, put yourself first, take care of yourself and your children, and just continue to ask God for direction because he does answer promises. Love it. Amen. It's almost like he has plans for you. That's for right. In the future, not to harm you. Right. I know he <laughs> does. Isn't that what? Yeah. That's that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven again. So maybe we'll come back at some point in the future, but I'd love to. How about this, Barry? Extrapolate. 
Ooh, yeah, three dollar word. I just busted that That's one. A Extrapolate word. more on that on that case because <laughs> I, when I googled it, or it, it was amazing. It was just wild. It was, wow. It, it was huge. It was at least what you said. You downplayed, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. But we'll do that another time. Kathy, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks yeah. for being part of our lives. Amen. Thanks for letting me be in your lives. It means a lot. Putting up with us. <laughs> Always worth it. Have a great week, you guys, and make sure to tell somebody about Jesus. Hey, and be kind to one another. Let's make the world a better place. That's all. I've lived for money and I've lived for fame. Yeah, I've lived for man and set the blank. Oh, and I've been to the bottle and I've been to the brothel. See, I made mistake after mistake.